and come up with 100,000 tests for COVID-19, why they can't solve the housing crisis or homelessness uh, with equal uh, determination. It does strike me as this is something that most certainly can be done if there's a political will there uh, to do it. Turning to the United States, you have to say that it shows all the signs of a, a malfunctioning uh, uh, society. Um, deaths in the United States are 65,000, so well behind uh, uh, Britain in terms of uh, the rate of uh, death. Uh, nonetheless, one would expect uh, that to continue to grow uh, and indeed, the more uh, the president is determined to, uh, you know, ramp down uh, the lockdown, uh, the more likelihood uh, uh, is that that total uh, will rise and rise. Uh, who knows what the end uh, uh, figure will be? Um, I think it is worthwhile uh, commenting on recent reports vis-a-vis. Uh, um, social so-called disadvantage, i.e. if you're poor, you're more likely uh, to catch uh, this uh, um, virus and you're more likely to die. I don't think that would surprise uh, any of us. On the other hand, when it comes to the whole question of racism, I do uh, myself think it's rather more complex uh, than that. After all, if we look at uh, the deaths uh, we are clearly dealing with uh, a greater number of deaths within the medical profession. And uh, we know uh, that particularly with um, uh, British Asian people, uh, they're more likely uh, um, uh, to be doctors, nurses, as well as being um, poor uh, and living in Tower Hamlets, uh, for example, which as I understand it has got the highest uh, death rate and clearly there's two uh, at least two sets of uh, uh, explanations one's being on the front line uh, when it comes to uh, medicine uh, the other one is living in uh, a crowded uh, accommodation um, and having a whole number of different generations uh, living in uh, the same uh, house um, uh, anyway um, what's worthwhile um, taking particular note of, I think I did it uh, um, um, on a, a previous week, is the anti-Chinese slant uh, that this um, uh, pandemic uh, is being given. Um, if you look at the sun, I'm not uh, in the habit of looking at the sun, but I, I did do, apparently there's a bombshell uh, dossier um, um, on the pandemic revealing uh, China's role uh, in it. Well, you read the details. This is from apparently the Five Eyes, so the intelligent agencies of the United States, Canada, Britain, New Zealand and, and Australia, um, an organization of um, intelligence sharing, I think that was established in 1940. Um, it's telling us uh, in this bombshell dossier a lot of stuff that we already knew. Uh, so, for example, we know uh, that uh, there were delays uh, in terms of China announcing the existence of this uh, new 
strain of, uh, of uh, coronavirus. Uh, we, we know that. We also know about uh, doctors being silenced uh, who are raising uh, concerns uh, about uh, uh, people becoming infected with this new uh, virus. And then we're told things like, well, that you would have expected, uh, i.e. that this uh, laboratory in Wunan uh, was studying bats. Well, given that, uh, you know, the biology of bats, that's exactly what you would do. Uh, why bats? Well, bats have uh, this um, strange ability that we don't quite understand uh, to actually be host uh, to an awful lot of viruses, uh, but they don't get sick uh, with them. So they have an awful lot of viruses uh, in them. And that's why um, bats are particularly, um, how should I put it, um, particularly a source uh, when it comes to mutated uh, viruses, uh, either straight from bats to human beings or from bats to another animal and then to human uh, beings. So quite frankly, if you told me that Imperial College in London uh, was studying bats uh, in relationship not only to COVID-19 but SARS, I would say, well, thank God uh, someone uh, is studying uh, uh, these uh, uh, animals. If they weren't studying them, there's clearly something wrong. So the implication, of course, it, uh, behind all this uh, non-news uh, is that uh, what we have here is some sort of either deliberate or accidental release of a, um, a biological uh, weapon. Quite clearly uh, an absurdity. Um, you know, we have a death rate, we think, uh, in terms of uh, this disease at something like 1%, um, i.e. you have to take into account uh, people that got it, that show no symptoms, uh, as well as those who are in care homes or in the front line uh, of uh, medical staff. That is considerably more than flu, which I think is 0.1%. Uh, but nevertheless, a 1% kill rate uh, ain't exactly a biological uh, weapon. Uh, you'd be crazy to the least uh, against your enemy, a biological weapon uh, that has a 1% uh, kill rate. It's clearly not the case. Now, I'm sure China, uh, just like uh, other countries, has all sorts of uh, ominous uh, scientific research uh, uh, into uh, chemicals, diseases, um, and the possibility uh, of weaponizing them. But clearly what we're dealing with here um, is something that naturally um, uh, evolved, something that has been expected for a, a long time and something, certainly when it comes to the advanced capitalist countries of the West, uh, they studiously avoided um, preparing for. So we all know now uh, about uh, Operation Cygnus in uh, 2016. Apparently there were other uh, exercises along uh, similar lines uh, after the SARS uh, outbreak in uh, the early part of the 21st century. And what we had uh, is no facilities uh, in terms of dealing with a pandemic, in terms of beds. Uh, we had no uh, regime in terms of PPE personal protection 
uh, uh, for frontline staff and all the rest of it, all of that was woefully um, um, neglected. Um, so as well as saying that China uh, has its particular responsibility, which of course it does, the idea that Britain and the United States in particular are in any position to lecture uh, China, uh, I think is uh, morally uh, offensive. But of course, what we're dealing with here uh, isn't some politics of uh, morality, i.e. that the Chinese ought to have uh, uh, announced this uh, new virus earlier. Yes, they should have. What we're actually dealing with is imperial pushback. And uh, Trump uh, is using the um, US state machine uh, to strong arm uh, uh, other countries uh, into demanding some inqu inquiry uh, into China. Uh, and what that is about uh, is actually doing China down. That's, that's really what uh, lies uh, behind it. I have to say that the fact that uh, Australia has joined in uh, with Trump doesn't surprise me politically. Uh, after all, we're dealing with a, um, a right-wing regime in Australia, I suppose in its own particular way, not that dissimilar uh, to Boris Johnson. But economically, uh, we should bear in mind how dependent uh, Australia is on China. Uh, and in this case, it, it is that way round. Uh, China is dependent on the United States. That's certainly true. But Australia economically is dependent uh, on China. All you need to do is uh, Google Australia and trade and you'll find that something like 30%, enormous sum of uh, Australian trade goes to China. Most of that will be coal, uh, iron, uh, and other such raw materials. And of course, China's threatening Australia that if you press ahead with this, uh, you will have a consumer boycott on your hands. Well, that's done slightly tongue in cheek. Um, if you want to understand the balance of forces, look down next at who Australia trades with. It's the same sort of stuff. Uh, and it's Japan, but that's below 10% uh, of uh, its trade. Um, so anyway, uh, we have this uh, imperial pushback and it's quite clear that given uh, Trump's disastrous handling uh, of COVID-19, his uh, belittling of it uh, until recently, his advice about um, disinfectant and uh, um, I don't know, UVH rays or whatever the hell um, he was rambling about. Given that, uh, it's quite clear that when it comes uh, to the presidential campaign, presuming that there is one uh, later this year, he will be bashing uh, the Democrats and accusing them of being soft on China. Uh, that, that's the um, uh, Trump uh, campaign for you because he cannot campaign any longer on, um, I brought you jobs, I brought you prosperity. It's quite clear uh, that there will be uh, an ongoing uh, economic downturn. We don't know whether that economic downturn will take a U-shape. More likely it's to take a W-shape, uh, uh, a sharp downturn that we're seeing now. Some sort of climb back uh, after uh, the lockdown has been wound down, uh, but then uh, a continued recession or going in uh, to another recession. It certainly won't be a quick rebound uh, back to where we are were 
uh, in time for the uh, November um, elections. That's for sure. Okay, let's move on. Um, the Labour Party has appointed uh, uh, Martin Ford QC uh, to head their inquiry into uh, the leaked report um, that was going to be submitted to the um, um, Equalities and Human Rights uh, Commission, the non-redacted version that leaked uh, out that's been widely reported and widely uh, circulated. Um, uh, amongst the panel uh, that Martin Ford will be working on um, are three peers, uh, one of whom at least is a supporter of progress and uh, Labour First, so we know which way she uh, will be inclined. Momentum has issued a, 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 an appeal uh, to protect the whistleblowers. Um, I can support that uh, uh, idea. It's quite clear uh, that in terms of the right wing of the Labour Party, uh, what they'll be looking for is not to discipline uh, those that were working for Ian McNichol, Lord, uh, now, uh, but they will be looking uh, to those that actually leaked uh, this report, exposing the wrongdoing uh, and the reactionary mindset um, of the Labour Party um, bureaucracy um, um, uh, under uh, McNichol, which in essence was um, um, taking an approach. Uh, that we'd rather see Labour lose uh, the general election than win because we want rid uh, of Jeremy Corbyn. Um, and you read uh, this document, so I'm told, uh, and, and it comes out very clearly. On the other hand, what we have uh, with the new regime uh, of Jenny Formby uh, is the boast that they were dealing far more efficiently uh, with um, anti-Semitism and complaints of anti-Semitism than Ian McNichol. They say, and it is clearly the case, uh, that the Ian McNichol regime sat uh, on these cases so that precisely um, Corbyn could be accused of being slow uh, in dealing uh, with these cases. We also get into a catch-22 uh, situation uh, with the new regime, quite bizarre. Um, of where if you deny that there's a significant problem of anti-Semitism in the Labour Party, you are you're accused of denialism. After all, the document says, I'm told, uh, that Jeremy uh, and Jenny have said there's a significant problem, they want to deal with it, and therefore anybody denying that, uh, for example, uh, Chris Williamson, is therefore guilty uh, of a crime. So it, it's like, um, you know, imagine under McCarthy uh, that if you said that the communists aren't subverting American life, um, then you're guilty uh, of some sort of denialism and that is a crime in and of itself. It's also worth noting that the new regime under Jenny Formby boasts of uh, doing computer searches. I'm told uh, that amongst their um, um, key words that they would um, um, be looking for, and this is not done uh, manually, this is done uh, by uh, a computer, by an algorithm, that at the top of their list was Atzmon, uh, the jazz musician, the anti-Semite 
uh, at jazz musician uh, that if you typed in Atzmon is a Pratt, uh, that would ring a bell and they would investigate what you're writing. At the bottom of their list of uh, bad words uh, is the name Tony Greenstein. So if you said Tony Greenstein is quite right, that would ring a bell. Um, and But if you said he's quite right, uh, then you're into, well, you're guilty of denialism. Um, so I, in my view, uh, the new regime uh, under Jenny Formby was not qualitatively uh, different uh, to the old regime uh, of Ian McNichol. It was just less cynical. Uh, at least that's how I would approach it. But do these people really believe that the Labour Party is awash uh, with anti-Semites? Surely not. Um, it's, it's clearly uh, something um, 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 uh, bigger. Uh, we've been arguing from the very beginning uh, that this campaign has got nothing to do, uh, nothing to do with dealing with uh, a real anti-Semitism problem uh, in the Labour Party. It wasn't even a question uh, of getting rid of Jeremy Corbyn as leader of the Labour Party or taming uh, Jeremy Corbyn as leader of the Labour Party. This was about uh, Britain's uh, alliance with the United States and the United States backing Israel as its attack dog uh, in the Middle East. And all we need to do is mention the fact that Israel now has a coalition government, coalition government uh, that is united around uh, Trump's deal of the century. Uh, remember, Trump put a, a, a yank uh, onto Netanyahu last year and said, don't annex uh, the Jordan Valley yet. We've got to give the Palestinians time. Well, that time is running out. Uh, and I, I, I think from memory, it runs out in June. I'm not saying uh, that Netanyahu and Gantz uh, will use COVID-19 as their cover uh, to annex uh, the Jordan Valley. Who knows? Uh, but clearly that could conceivably happen. Palestinians will resist. Who knows what will happen vis-a-vis -vis Israel and Iran. Either way, we would expect not only the Palestinians to protest, uh, but people in New York, Washington, Los Angeles, London, Glasgow, you name it. But of course, what they are aiming to do is to accuse these people of being motivated uh, by anti-Semitism. That is what this campaign is about. And that's why it was never going to come to an end um, simply by getting rid uh, of uh, Jeremy uh, Corbyn. It's a bigger uh, question than that. And I'm not saying Jeremy Corbyn's leadership of the Labour Party was some sort of side uh, show. It was important. Okay, we now come on to Diane Abbott and uh, Bell Ribeiro uh, Addy and the fact that they attended a Zoom meeting of, well, variously uh, figured between 400 and 600 people. This was uh, a meeting jointly sponsored by Labour Representation Committee and Jewish Voice uh, uh, for Labour. Um, well, we all know the story. Um, Jackie Walker was there. Jackie Walker spoke. Tony Greenstein was there but didn't speak. And uh, the comrades running the meeting saw on their screen that the two MPs were present and asked them 
to speak, as far as I understand it, reading the reports of the meeting that I have, uh, uh, both of them raised up the question of black organization um, um, in uh, uh, the Labour Party. This is what mainly seems to have uh, concerned them. Uh, but of course, what's happened since is that uh, uh, various organizations, I think the so-called campaign against anti-Semitism uh, uh, um, has got hold of it. It's uh, being reported on uh, by the Jewish Chronicle, obviously, um, um, online. I've seen the screenshots uh, of this uh, uh, meeting. Uh, I'm sure everyone else uh, uh, has. Uh, and of course, what's happened um, as a result of uh, that report is the Board of British Deputies um, has issued a statement basically challenging Starmer to discipline these people. There's been a letter out, um, lead signature by Marie van der Zyl, uh, president of the Board of uh, uh, Deputies. And we've also seen a statement uh, from Starmer saying he's spoken to his two MPs in the strongest possible terms. And we've had the Labour Party officially come out and say that this behaviour of theirs attending this meeting is completely uh, unacceptable. Um, what did our two MPs do? Um, well, the notes I made last night read as follows. Uh, Abbott and Addy capitulate. Um, as soon as they were uh, threatened, uh, they caved in. And um, uh, there's a statement um, sent out um, on their behalf, which ends with this phrase, that they did not and would not share a platform uh, with such people that have been um, expelled from the Labour Party. Uh, that's what uh, they're saying. Um, which means that um, from um, our angle, and I'm talking on behalf of the Provisional Central Committee of the CPGB, we cannot be in solidarity uh, with these people. Uh, we can defend them uh, against the Board of uh, British Deputies. We can defend them against the so-called campaign against anti-Semitism. We can defend them in respect to threats that have been made to them, presumably uh, by Keir Starmer. But we cannot be in solidarity with these people because what these people are doing is going over the line from merely being a victim of the witch hunt to being people that actually condone the witch hunt uh, by saying that they wouldn't share a platform um, uh, with uh, people that have been expelled uh, from the Labour Party, uh, they are justifying uh, uh, the witch hunt. Uh, so no solidarity uh, uh, with these people. These people have capitulated uh, to the witch hunt. They, they, to all intents and purposes, become agents of the witch hunt, just as uh, Jenny Formby has, and just as uh, Labour's uh, new, um, um, what is it? Uh, compli it's not compliance, legal and whatever it's called, uh, unit uh, is called. Uh, these people uh, uh, are actually engaged in uh, uh, the witch hunt. And to see how pernicious uh, this witch hunt is, we don't even need to just refer to um, the charge of denialism, uh, which is something you can be charged with um, in the Labour Party under the Jenny Formby regime. 
uh, we can look at the case of Salma Yacoub. And I'm not accusing Salma Yacoub of anything. I want to stress that. But she's been targeted uh, by the campaign against anti-Semitism. They've accused her uh, of being um, somehow uh, uh, an anti-Semite. Um, I don't know what she said uh, in reply, but I do know what Stop the War Coalition uh, has said in reply. Uh, and what it said uh, is this, and I'll quote it. Um, Tony Greenstein, remember he's one of these people that are named um, in terms of the um, 10 pledges and uh, all the rest of it. After all, these people, uh, Jackie and Tony, were not expelled from the Labour Party uh, because of anti-Semitism, uh, but they were expelled under this catch-all of bringing the party into disrepute. And in particular, I think Tony was uh, um, uh, targeted uh, because he used the shocking word zio. Well, I use the word bio. Uh, is it meant to be an insult? Well, of course it's meant to be um, um, an insult. Uh, insults uh, um, can be used as a badge of honour by some people, uh, but nonetheless, uh, did he intend to use the word Zio as an insult? Of course he uh, intended it. Um, uh, I think the word Zionist uh, is an insult. Uh, anyway, uh, this is what the Stop the War Coalition says. Tony Greenstein has never been asked to address a national SW, STWC meeting. STW, STWC uh, rejects both anti-Semitism and abusive language in political debate. Uh, well, you know, you can look behind me there and I've got uh, Stop the War Coalition um, cards that were produced. Um, here we are, have a look at this one. Um, don't know if anyone can see, um, but there's Tony Blair and there's George Bush, mad dogs and Englishmen. I think we insulted George Bush. I think we insulted Tony Blair and quite rightly too. Uh, I don't think we should apologize uh, for using abusive uh, language. Uh, anyway, what you can see from that statement is that the witch hunt has a logic uh, and what it's basically saying is, well, Tony Greenstein might be guilty. Uh, these other people uh, might be guilty, uh, but we aren't uh, guilty because we reject anti-Semitism and we object abusive language, i.e. Uh, the implication is clearly there uh, that Tony Greenstein uh, is guilty. Um, okay, just to bring things to a close, um, three um, sex scandals. Uh, first of all, um, we've reported in the Weekly Worker uh, in terms of resignations from Newcastle Socialist Workers Party. Um, we've been criticised by some sections of the left uh, for reporting this. I, I think that that's uh, a duty uh, that we actually have on the left. Quite frankly, if you'd asked me um, a couple of weeks ago, who's Paul Blackledge? Uh, I would have said, well, he's a member of the SWP who writes um, articles in international socialism and is on the editorial board of international socialism. I knew nothing about uh, him being expelled uh, from the SWP, 
uh, I knew nothing uh, about him being expelled from the UCU. Um, um, I knew nothing about his appeal uh, being turned down. Um, 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 I knew nothing about Yanis Bashkish um, uh, being suspended. Uh, all of this was news to me. And indeed, what we have is the claim by Yanis uh, that he didn't know uh, that Paul Blackledge had been expelled uh, by the SWP. I cannot quite believe it. Uh, nonetheless, uh, the fact of the matter is the left ought to know these things in the same way that we, we know uh, about Conway Delta. When I first heard about Conway Delta, quite frankly, I thought it was uh, a piece of internal um, uh, SWP politicking. Uh, I thought it was some faction in the SWP trying to do uh, Martin Smith. Um, I didn't know anything about the truth um, um, of it. Uh, that only came out a year afterwards. We ought to have known uh, this uh, stuff. Um, the left ought to set itself um, uh, good uh, standards of uh, behaviour. Uh, it has to be said that I don't know whether the left is any worse or any better than the rest uh, of uh, society. But if you hide things, uh, then the left cannot be any better. Uh, that's what I would argue. Uh, why do people behave in this way? Uh, I think that people can develop a sense of entitlement. Uh, I think that uh, what we're dealing with here is small groups. Uh, I'm in a, uh, a small group. And under those circumstances, what we also have in, in organisations like uh, the SWP, uh, in organisations we'll know about the WRP, uh, is a very hierarchical uh, um, situation of where people find it very difficult to challenge those in the leadership. Clearly that not only applies in terms of the SWP and WRP, it also applies in the UCU. Uh, that's how it would appear. Uh, the other case uh, that seems to be um, about sex, this is um, Tom, uh, uh, Tim Roach, former general secretary of the GMB. Uh, when I heard news of him retiring, this was something uh, very recent. I was going, what's all that about? He, he only recently stood again uh, for general secretary. And remember we had the scandal in the run up to his re-election as general secretary, where basically the GMB bureaucracy set people um, um, some sort of um, hurdle to leap over. You know, what experience have you got of being general secretary of the GMB union? That's the sort of exam that you had to pass if you wanted to stand for general secretary of the GMB. And we saw one comrade barred uh, from standing because she apparently didn't have enough experience for being general secretary of the GMB. We'll apply that to uh, the FBU um, or the PCS. Uh, um, we've seen what happened. We had outsiders uh, coming in and clearly they proved quite adequate uh, uh, for the task. But clearly he wanted to hang on uh, as general secretary. So when we heard news that he's retiring, uh, because unfortunately he had uh, ME, you know, you go, well, that's really bad, isn't it? You know, given how desperate the guy was to uh, hang on uh, to his huge salary uh, and his privilege 
a position. But now we have news of an investigation uh, into allegations. This is a statement by Barbara Plant, the uh, president um, um, of GMB. And what we have is uh, a statement in solidarity with female uh, members of staff. So something seems to have gone on. Now, again, I'm in no position uh, to judge of what went on. I'm in no position to say who's guilty or if anyone uh, is guilty. Uh, but there is a certain pattern here, uh, isn't there? Uh, then in turning to the United States, we have Joe Biden. This really is getting into history. 27 years ago, we have allegations from Tara Reid. Again, I don't know whether they're right or wrong. Uh, some people say that uh, she did uh, issue a complaint. Journalists appear to have uh, um, unearthed uh, that. She said that she didn't have the courage uh, to give a full disclosure of what happened, but she did talk to co-workers, she did talk to friends, and some of them have corroborated uh, her story. All you would have to say, though, is that uh, this puts Joe Biden uh, in a very weak position. You would think that Trump's position is very weak given uh, COVID-19, and I think that's true given the economic downturn. Uh, that's true. Uh, but what we now have is Joe Biden um, into denial mode. And what a contrast it makes with Trump, because basically Trump has got the politics of where he doesn't give a shit. Um, he doesn't care uh, whether his supporters think he's sexist or not. He's sexist. Uh, of where Joe Biden uh, at least has to play the game uh, that uh, he isn't a misogynist. He isn't uh, a sexist. He doesn't use his position uh, in terms of the Democrat hierarchy and the fact that he was a senator uh, to take advantage uh, of staff. He wouldn't do such a thing, would he? Lastly, um, I don't know if this is uh, descending into farce, uh, but we have Stop the War Coalition um, backing um, a petition um, calling for a global ceasefire um, while the COVID-19 uh, pandemic lasts. Uh, apparently this was sponsored by Claudia Webb, uh, Labour MP, and uh, Stop the War Coalition is now boasting uh, that it has the um, signatures of 35 MPs. Well, very impressive. And it stresses uh, that these 35 come from across uh, the House of Commons. So it's not only uh, Claudia and uh, people in the Labour Party that have signed this. Uh, we've got Caroline Lucas. And to cap it all, uh, I read that they also now have none other uh, than Dominic Rabb, uh, the Foreign Secretary, um, signing it. So this is a true... Uh, um, popular front um, in parliamentary terms um, who is backing uh, the global ceasefire. Uh, this is really nonsense and it shows you uh, the nature of Stop the War Coalition. Of course there are those on the left who believe that the wider, the broader uh, you make your politics, the stronger you are. So that if you get the Foreign Secretary uh, uh, signed up to it and you get the Green Party signed up to it and you get Liberal Democrats signed up to it 
that makes you strong. Uh, quite the opposite. It actually makes you weak. Um, from our point of view, uh, we are after uh, a politically principled uh, opposition uh, to capitalism that gains mass support. Uh, and you ain't going to uh, uh, make uh, that fight for socialism effective by making it broad. What you do is make it effective by making it mass. And there are two radically different approaches. So the Bolshevik party was not a broad party. It defined itself according to its program. It defined itself according to its strategy. Um, uh, the Labour Party, on the other hand, defines itself in terms of its broadness. Official communism uh, defines itself on the basis of what broad coalitions uh, it can bring together. And of course, the fatal flaw of uh, these broad coalitions, as Trotsky pointed out in the 1930s, is, is your most right wing element that sets the agenda. And if you want to see that illustrated um, at its most pathetic, uh, just look at the Popular Front Party uh, that the SWP uh, launched on the back of Stop the War Coalition, i.e. respect, and look at them trying to handle uh, the right of a woman uh, to choose whether or not to have an abortion. Uh, the SWP fudged it deliberately. Um, why? Because it would, they thought it would be unacceptable uh, to the Muslim uh, Brotherhood, i.e. the uh, MAB, the Muslim Association of Britain, uh, if they included that. We also had the SWP objecting when we moved uh, the idea that the spec should also support republicanism. And we were told straight faced uh, by SWP comrades that that would put off uh, uh, royalists. Well, yes, it would put off royalists. Um, that's the politics of uh, broad frontism. It's the politics of uh, surrender. It's the politics of impotence, uh, not the politics of strength. That's it.